Hey guys, happy Wednesday. I'm Lynn Nitcher, your host for Drive Through Moms. Each episode, we're going to be talking to ordinary moms that are serving others in extraordinary ways. I can't wait for you to hear how God is using these amazing women to impact the lives of those around them. Here we go. Hey friends, happy Wednesday. Welcome to Drive Through Moms. Today, I'm super excited to have two of some of the sweetest women, um, God-pleasing, gentle, praying souls that I know, um, and a couple of friends of mine in Jen Drake and Melissa McAdams. Hi, girls. How are y'all? Hey. Hey. (laughs) I told you guys, you're the first time I've had more than one person on, so this is going to be fun. (laughs) Too bad we're not in the same room. So, um, all right, you guys tell me a little bit about what's going on. Obviously, Jen, I know you worked with you. Melissa, I know you a little bit from church, but um, Jen, why don't you give us a little bit of background about you and your family? Um, and then Melissa, you can kind of fill us in on you guys. Sure. Okay. So I, um, I've been married 17 years. I have five kiddos. Um, my oldest is 15 and my youngest is five. I have three biological kids and two that are adopted from China. Um, so we're just rocking and rolling with church stuff and school stuff and sports. And um, I work two days a week um, at a preschool program and take my youngest with me. Um, and that's kind of our busy, crazy, upside down world. <laughs> busy, crazy, upside down. It sounds about right. <laughs> All right. I believe Joshua's five. He Aww. is five. Yeah, I mean, he's got some three-year-old in him, but he's five. He's five. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So you guys, you and Dan are from Oklahoma, right? Did y'all grow up there? Where did you guys meet? So Dan is from Oklahoma. I'm actually a Texas girl, but we met at college in Oklahoma. And so, um, we dated in college and got married way too young and, um, started a family shortly after. So we moved back to Texas when our first was born. So we've been here ever since. Okay. Okay. Did y'all move here for work or just because you wanted to be closer to your family? Yes. More for work. Um, about a year after we got married, we found out we were pregnant with Caleb. And so Dan had to get a real job. And so we, uh, we ended up back in Dallas, um, for that reason, but yes, closer to my family and actually his family was, is in Texas now as well. So it works out. So you're about to have a driver. We're about to have a driver. It is not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Has he got his permit yet? No. Um, he should be able to. We'll do that in October, so next month. And then, yeah, his birthday is in April. So we'll see if he actually gets a car in April or not. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times. That's yeah. <laughs> It is. I think it's almost like by the time your your uh, kiddo gets that old to where they can drive, I think you kind of get to the point where, well, at least this was me, that you're kind of tired of taking them everywhere. So you feel like it's okay. I, I want them to have a little bit of independence just because I, I need a little help um, sure. just in everybody places. But yeah, that's a whole nother level of, of worry that steps in. For sure. I was like, oh, my prayer life's going to deepen even more, man. So, oh, for sure. And you, you start praying for things you never really thought about praying over, you know, cars and other drivers and their attention and their focus and all of that. So, yeah, it brings a whole nother realm of, of prayer to it. Absolutely. So then you are back. You're working at CLC then, right? Yeah. So Tuesday, Thursday, we're up there um, and then we're doing speech therapies and all the mom stuff on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at home. So. All right. Okay. 
All right. So then, Melissa, are you at PCA then? So you're working again too? I wasn't really sure what you guys both were doing right now. Yes, still at uh, PCA for sure. Okay. So tell me about you because you have three kids, right? Yes. Yes. So Justin and I, um, we have been married for 19 and a half years and same kind of story. We got married super young and, uh, but we grew up in the same town together and I should say grew up lightly because, uh, he's three years older than I am. So when you're 14 and 17, it's kind of weird, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, we grew up in the same church and I was 20 when we got married. He was 23 um, I started teaching kindergarten um, shortly after I graduated, after we got married, and um, then had our first baby, um, Jackson, who's now 14, a freshman. And um, then I have, uh, so yeah, we've been married for that long. What did I say? 19 years. Yes. Um, I also have a um, seventh grade girl, Kate. And a fourth grade boy, Max, and they're all at PCA with me as well. So I've been teaching. This is our seventh year at PCA. So I actually um, did teach at CLC with Jen before PCA several years ago. So that's kind of good. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did you Did you guys both start at the Plano campus? I yeah. mean, at the yeah, the Plano campus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had no idea y'all both had done that. Um, okay, well, so how did you guys? Did you guys meet at church? Or where did you, is that where you met at CLC or did you meet somewhere before you got to, to working together at the church? No, we actually both went to Plano campus, but we're in different Bible fellowships. So we actually met at CLC because we had each other's sons. So our 15 and 14 year old now, when they were two and one, Mm -hmm. we had each other's son. So we have been friends since the boys were in diapers. Yeah. The big boys, the big boys. We like to tell them that too. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's, that's the sweetest thing because, um, in fact, a friend of mine and I went to get dinner last night and we were standing in line and these, this guy came in with his little boy in baseball uniform and her son and my son, we've known each other since ours were both two and went to preschool together and they're both juniors in college. Mm -hmm. And, um, she just immediately said, don't cry. And I was like, oh, I turn around. And I see this little boy in his baseball uniform, like he just left practice. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why. Because you look at him still and you're like, oh, you're still that little preschooler that, you know, that I used to take home from school. Oh, yeah. Yes. It goes by too fast. It does. We send each other pictures often and cry over them. For sure. <laughs> it's true. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen, there's a video circulating on Facebook. I don't know. I don't know, Jen, I don't think you're on a whole lot. Um, but there's a video going around on Facebook that is a couple of radio DJs and she's reading a letter, an open letter to, um, that somebody wrote about the process of your son growing up. Mm-hmm. Have y'all seen it? No, no. don't watch it. At least don't watch it together. Yeah. It's really good. It's super accurate, but it's like this, um, uh, it's hard when they get big and they, and, you know, especially like go off to college and stuff, it's different than the girls, but the whole basic premise of the letter is like, it's like you're breaking up slowly um, and it's agonizing, even though you love them and it's sweet and you've done your job and it's what you're supposed to do. But anyway, that's a little yeah. off topic, but great <laughs> video. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Don't go look it up right when we're done. But, um, so, okay, so I want to kind of talk a little bit before we get into like the meat of what I want to talk about with you guys. And and one of the things that you're doing right now is just 
in this particular stage of motherhood with three and five kids and they're different ages, what do you think has been the hardest thing this last year with just this season? This season has been ridiculous, right? With 2020 has just been a lot of new, a lot of change, a lot of crazy, a lot of things that we've never seen before. But what is, what's that stage been like for you as maybe compared to last year as a mom and how you, you know, how you teach that flexibility and grace to your kids about things are not like they ever have been, you know, what does that look like? Or what does that look like for you guys the last few months? Uh, uh, well, during quarantine, you know, Melissa and I talked a lot because we were trying to embrace the fact that, um, a lot of things are taken off our plate. So it allowed us to slow down and you just, um, man, we're not taught to do that. Um, we're taught so much to be busy and, um, our children as well. Like the more you're involved in and the more active you are, the more well-rounded you are. And it's so much busy, all great things. Um, but we were really trying to focus our families on what a blessing it could have been that so much was taken off our plate and that they could slow down and they, we could have more conversations that weren't in, you know, we weren't rushing out the door in the morning. And so that was a beautiful thing. Um, while it was still hard with the social aspect of it, especially with kids, cause they need social so desperately. Um, but just trying to focus on what a gift and a blessing that could be. Mm-hmm. And then now in the last couple of months, when things have been put back on our plate, man, it goes all crazy again, because now you're trying to go, you know, revert back to the busy. And so you almost feel like you're drowning because you went from, wait, we have nothing to do to, oh my goodness, we have everything to do. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. so it's been a very, you know, I like that word flexibility, but it's been a very, um, very interesting. Um, and just trying to focus on, um, you know, the blessings in it all, um, or what God really asking, you know, what is God trying to show us? You know, what, what does he really want us to get right. this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, where does he want our perspective to be? Um, and just trying to do that, um, you know, in your marriage and in all the different, um, ages of your kiddos. But yeah. Even with adding some of the things back into life, I feel like even we're, we haven't added everything back mm-hmm. and we're still already kind of like looking at each other going, wait, we're, how, how are we getting here? We're getting busier and busier and yeah. agree. Like just realizing like what we're doing, why we're doing it. Yes. And, um, just having that perspective at all times because, um, busyness is definitely a distraction and, um, in our spiritual walks and with our kids and our families. And so we just want to keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think it's especially, you know, a couple of things, partly in our, this part of Texas in a North Dallas, very urban area, there's lots of things at your disposal to do mm-hmm. and go be a part of, which like Jen said, is is just because, you know, they're all good things. But, you know, one thing you have to start looking at, especially I'm trying to teach a couple of my kids this or my youngest is um, just because there's good things to do doesn't mean you have to do all of them. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in a church setting too, you have things at school or you have things at church. Um, it's hard not to get overloaded with doing too much. But um, I think that was part of the next question was, you know, there was a lot of good things that came out of um, of that particular season. Um, and I know like with my kids are older, I think it was a really good opportunity for conversations mm-hmm. about it, um, about, you know, looking at what's important, what's not important. What have I enjoyed about this season? What have I not enjoyed about this Um 
you know, one of my kiddos works in a church. And so it looked completely different for her, but it also brought huge opportunities for um, helping people that were in different classes go into Zoom formats and how that, you know, you pulled in different people that may not have ever done it before because they didn't want to maybe physically come, but you had a, um, you know, a technological aspect that we hadn't had before, or even just, you know, I saw just churches that were able to go online, maybe that had never been online before. So yeah, there's a ton of really good things, but, um, uh, it, it did definitely affect one of the good things I think that we experienced at least was all of my, all my kids are grown and out of the house, but, um, for about eight or nine weeks, uh, they came home. My older kids that didn't live here at the time came home for the, for the weekend. And so we were all here pretty much every weekend together and that just doesn't, it doesn't happen. And so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of pivoting, you know, okay, we have four adults in the house that are studying and working at the same time and zooming and, you know, upgrading internet and trying to figure out how to get back in each other's space, but trying to also just embrace the slowness. And then now once you get back into the busyness, um, and I'm not as busy as you guys, because like, I don't have any at home, um, but trying to figure out what you want to keep. Sure. Yeah, sure. Exactly. There was definitely a lot of reevaluating even Mm -hmm. during quarantine. Um, a a lot. We just kept looking at each other going, we know we're never going to get this time Mm -hmm. for the rest of our life. Most likely, you know, like a quarantine like this, where it's just us for such a long time and what a blessing it was and trying to see it that way, because there were obviously a lot of, um, frustrations with, you know, expectancies and things like that, but it was good time for sure. How do you think, do you think like the mom you are right now, the seasoned mom, you've been at this a while, you know, 14, 15 years that maybe you'd handled it differently now than you would have handled it maybe your first year with a kiddo? It's It's like an ever, ever learning every day. I feel like experience. Yes. Well, and I, you know, I, I use the term often that, um, I'm a freaker outer and I was much more, much more of one. I've come a long way. Um, but you're a freaker outer. You're like, Hey, we have a problem. We're going to pray. And what do you want me to do? That's you. Cause anytime something would happen. Justify to different. Um, I will pray, but I'll freak out in the process. Um, but no, I definitely think, um, because we've been in, in the busy for so long that we appreciate the slowdown. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the beginning, you know, you're so busy trying to compare yourself to everyone else as a mom. So you want Mm -hmm. to be busy because you feel like you Mm -hmm. have to have your kids and everything and you have to do this and have to do that. And so, um, I think we appreciated it a lot more than I necessarily, you know, might have a long time ago. Um, and you know, our marriages in our different places, um, than they used to be. So, um, you know, obviously that looks a lot different than it used to. So I think we have a lot more patience with each other now than we used to, um, years and years ago. So I'm sure it was hard on new marriages when you have to work in the same house and never leave each other's sight. Um, you know, and so now that necessarily wasn't hard for us, but I think, you know, probably new marriages Absolutely. back in the day, it would have been very different. Um, so yeah, I, I for sure think, um, I would not have handled it in the same way <laughs> years ago. <laughs> no, I, I can see that. Cause even just the, the more, you know, 
your spouse and get to know like what things are good for them and what air, you know, how they work in certain environments, or you kind of know them better, obviously, after all those years. So you can kind of anticipate where something might go south or um, something that might be helpful to them. So um, it was interesting. We were, we were home for the shelter in place. And then um, one of the pivot things was Reed uh, worked at camp the first half of the summer. And then the second half, he went back for one week and then um, he got COVID. And so he, we were like, you can't go back to Waco. Um, you live with four guys, so just come home. Mm -hmm. So then I had to, we both had to quarantine while he was here. And then we had already had another quarantine because some people that I worked with had had it. So I'm like, I love my house. I love being home, but you know, you get a little bit too much of a good thing and you're like, okay, I'm ready to be out again. I'm ready to see the sun. Um, (laughs) yes. And um, I was doing some quarantining together to make sure that we had, you know, just some, some socialization for the kids and for each other. Yeah. 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 I can't imagine though what, um, so did you guys, um, at PCA, were you guys having to do any virtual learning, social distancing learning? Oh, yeah, I think it's going back or it's been kind of a, you know, work in progress as we go. I mean, we were the ones that started on the normal start date and it was an option of in-person or online and several teachers had both. And so it was trying to figure out how to educate online and in-person at the same time. And, so a lot of those kinks have been worked out and a lot of those kids have realized it's been okay to come back and with, you know, some of the protocols that we have set in place. And, um, so far we haven't had any cases, uh, since school has started. Well, mm-mm. no, yeah, mm-hmm. none. So, um, I mean, people that are related to someone kind of thing, but nothing in, in our actual school. So yeah. not that that's not coming because <laughs> it could be, I sometimes I feel like in, in denial that it could be a possibility, but we all know what's real. So, Yeah. So were you having to do um, that with your own kids plus the kids at school or how were you managing your own kids? You mean like this year, this school year? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were able to start in person as well at PCA. Now back in quarantine, uh, we were all online, including myself teaching my 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 class online, which was okay. very tricky and difficult and um, not the best scenario um, mm-hmm. to teach anyone or even the best scenario for me as a teacher to teach. It just wasn't the way I was made to do that job. So especially with littles, you know, they need to be in person as much as possible. So, right. Right. So, okay. Tell me guys a little bit about how you got into, um, so you have a ministry that you're working in together that has to do uh, with adoption. And I know a little bit about uh, Jen's adoption story, but if Jen, if you want to give a little background about your adoption um, process and what that looked like, and then what brought you guys together to start this, because I want to, I really want to dive into talking about uh, your ministry with one more. Sure. So uh, after my third was born, he wasn't even a, quite a year old yet, um, and God was just really, really working. Um, on my marriage and on our family, and just like um, Dan and I were truly starting to be discipled and learn what it really meant to walk, um, really walk with Jesus. I mean, we've been um, believers our whole life, but like truly study scripture and walk in the spirit and listen to where he's calling us. And um, so 
uh, we felt that the Lord um, had, or I, I felt at first um, that the Lord truly had called us um, to adopt. And uh, it happened to be from China and the Lord spoke to Dan as well. So we began, it was a two year journey for my daughter and we brought her home. And after we brought her home, um, well, really through the whole process, um, Melissa and her husband, you know, just walked side by side with us through it all. And um, and so as we, you know, kind of started raising her, even raising her together with them, um, adoption was just, you know, always on the four of our hearts and minds. And um, probably about two years after she had been home, you know, we kind of started talking just like, what else can we do, you know, to help the fatherless? It's, it's so biblical to be involved in adoption. And so what did that look like? Um, and so we just started talking and dreaming and praying and just trying to figure out what that looked like, what it meant. And um, one of the biggest hurdles with adoption, um, as Dan and I found out, is the cost of it. Um, Abigail, um, it was about $40,000 for us to bring her home. And so, um, that's a lot <laughs> for anybody. And so, um, we were just like, you know, wouldn't it be amazing to get more of the body of believers, um, to start contributing to helping people adopt. And so again, we just started talking and praying and, um, just started looking at nonprofits and what that looked like. And in the meantime, um, Dan and I began the adoption process again. Um, and so um, we actually brought um, our little boy home from China um, a little over two years ago. Um, and so in the meantime of doing his adoption, um, we just began looking into this um, nonprofit, um, the McAdams and the Drakes together. And so um, in 2018, mm. I believe is um, kind of when uh, One More Ministries was born. And, um, we've just been in awe of all God has done since mm. and, um, for sure trial by fire. Cause we have no <laughs> idea what we're doing. Um, it is just truly being led by the spirit and trying to talk to other believers that have other nonprofits, um, and just, um, truly just see what God does and where he leads. And it has been amazing, um, to work with your best friends, right. To do any kind of ministry. Sure. I, mean, I, bet that's a, I bet that's a blast too. For sure. So we, we've actually done ministry at church together. And so now to be able to do it again, you know, through something completely different, um, has been amazing. It only draws you closer to each other and to the Lord and you just spend more time together. So, um, it's a win-win for sure. But, um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the history of how one more got started. So Melissa, so all three of your kids are biological. You didn't have any adopted children. You just were as, you know, dear friends of uh, Dan and Jen just said, Hey, we believe in this. We love watching your journey. We just want to jump in with you and support that. Absolutely. We just, we knew that scripture calls us all to adoption in some way, you know, to take care of the orphans. And I remember sitting down with Justin, you know, after Abby's adoption, I think before Joshua thinking, okay, what's our part in this? Like, what, what are we doing? Are we, are we going to adopt? Like, is God calling us to that? And Justin kind of felt like, um, this path that we kind of already been talking about with the Drakes was kind of our role at the moment. Not that we're ever closing the door on that possibility because God can call us to whatever, whenever. So we just hopefully remain surrendered to that um, calling whenever that is. So, okay. So I know my uh, niece, which you guys obviously know, um, went through the adoption process, adopted a little boy from uh, Korea and so tell me a little bit about what it looks like, like 
you know, specifically, strategically in terms of how you help somebody that they come to you and they say, Jen, we're adopting, Melissa, we're adopting, we don't know what we're doing, but we know it's expensive. You know, how can you guys help? So what does that process look like? Because I know for them, it was, it was huge because you're right. It's so, I think theirs was definitely over 40,000. And we might even talk a little bit about international versus, you know, domestic. I don't don't know anything about it. So y'all, I'm sure know a lot more about that than I do. But um, so what does it look like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, what do we do? The process is a pretty in-depth process. So Jen can kind of walk you through maybe some of those details of things. But Well, so the adoption itself, you know, they're going through their agencies. But as you are walking through the adoption, you know, you have different payments due or whatnot. And so people will start to look for grants. And so One More Ministries, our biggest focus is that children are getting in Christ-centered homes. Mm. And so um, some big requirements we have is that um, not only are you a Christ-centered home, but you're also working with a Christ-centered agency um, because our whole goal in this was to re- it was to um, reach these children with the gospel, right? Because that's our whole purpose in life, no matter what we're doing. And so um, without getting them in a Christ-centered home, we haven't furthered the kingdom. And so, um, so what they'll do is they go onto our website and they um, request Melissa for an application and Melissa handles all our paperwork. Um, but they go through um, just a lot of paperwork, just talking about, you know, their beliefs. We have a statement of faith they obviously sign, but just talking about their testimony and what called them to, you know, to the adoption and how much it costs and what they're doing to fundraise and um, just all those kind of questions. Um, and then we'll kind of vet the adoption agencies to make sure that they are Christ centered as well. Um, so that way, um, when we have our donor base, we're being able to tell our donors, these families, these children that they're giving money to, um, man, they're getting the gospel, right? They're, um, they're being brought to Jesus by means of adoption. And so that's the adoption side of it. And then our donor base, um, we went to, we had some coffees. When we first started off with just some church friends um, and just tried to keep growing from there. But it's really the entire body of believers, Christ church, right? The global church um, is anyone... Um, giving um, to help bring a child into a forever Christ-centered home. And so we have that donor base, and that's what, um, you know, the fundraiser coming up is about. So, we, yeah, and we give them our, um, not our email, <laughs> our website. Yes. <laughs> One more org is where people can acquire the application and kind of start from there. If they were ever to ask, like you were asking, we can just, we point them to their, to that and they can go through that to get that. So. So do you, is that like an ongoing, do you do that just like once a year? Do you do it a couple of times? Is it an ongoing amount of, cause they're getting basically grants or, or special funding. I mean, are they applying more than once or how does that work? So they can, we've got three deadlines and one of those actually is tomorrow. And um, once we receive applications after that deadline, then we kind of we'll, you know, gather what we have and see what we're able to give and, you know, do our research and, uh, be able to give out those grants then. Um, and if there was ever, you know, a multi, a second adoption or they're definitely welcome to always reapply. Um, or if there's grants aren't able being able to be given at that moment, then they can apply, reapply later as well. So how many families do you think you guys have been able to help so far? Kind of what's the what kind of goals do you have in terms of 
the fundraising to be able to help a certain amount or just like whatever God brings to you or in terms of fundraising, um, have you guys been able to really, I know with Natalie, I think maybe Natalie's family might've been one of the first able to, to help fund part of it. Yeah. Cause we've only really been able to give out grants for a little over a year okay. um, to start up here, you know, first, um, and then last year and then obviously then COVID hit. So then nobody was going anywhere. Right. Um, and so that kind of put a freeze on a lot of people's adoptions, but it is definitely, um, as we've learned the hard way with two, um, business minded husbands, um, that's not how it works all the time. Um, <laughs> Especially when you're looking at a donor base, because you don't always know what's going to come in every month, you know, because we have monthly donors, which is phenomenal. And then we also have one time givers or end of year givers, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So and you truly never know, um, you know, we can go we can go a time period with just having one, you know, having one family apply for a grant or we can go a time period and having 10 families apply for a grant. Mm -hmm. And so um, so we just we truly never know. And um, it is just um, walking and and praying and trying to give what the spirit leads Mm -hmm. us to give. Um, And then also having our you know, husbands kind of ground us because we want to give it all away every totally. time. Um, They're like, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, what do we have to make? Can we just give them that? So, um, so yeah, so there's definitely, um, you know, a lot of meetings, a lot of lunches or dinners, um, you know, just walking, you know, trying to talk and walk through um, what each grant cycle looks like. And we had a big boom of inquiries. And so I think we, the last meeting we had, we were kind of in this, okay, what's our game plan? Like trying to come up with this plan and realizing, I think Jen even said it when we were sitting there, like realizing like, we're not in control of this, you know, and we have to be truly, you know, surrendered to what's about to happen and just allow God to work through this ministry because, and he just showed us even today, like he is, he's got the plan under control, mm-hmm. not us. And yeah. so uh, we're just grateful f- to be a part of it and to um, watch him do his thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that, what I was, that was one of the things I was going to ask too, was just, you know, um, maybe an example or something that you wanted to share about a way that you've seen God just step. I know there's always multiple ways, but just something that you've seen him come in that maybe you didn't expect. I don't know. It's funny. Sometimes when you're, you're praying for something specific and then it happens, I don't know why, but sometimes we're surprised when it does happen. You're like, Oh wow, look, this happened. Even though we say, you know, we believe and we know that he's going to do something even more than we've asked and above. Um, But what's maybe something, an example of something that you were praying for maybe a need in specific that you saw happen. Like you said something today or. Yeah, it, it, was. Yeah. it was today. We, um, like I said, just this, um, we, our deadline is tomorrow. And uh, we, you know, as soon as we had all these inquiries starting to come in, um, we're like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to supply this? And we've got a great donor base, um, but we felt like, you know, it's time to kind of up that as much as we can. Jen felt, um, I mean, just literally got pen and paper out one day. It was like, I've got an idea. And it was the mile for millions. And just, I mean, it just, we just did it. I mean, just, just did it. And then I mean, already we haven't even done the weekend yet. And we've already had response that's been unbelievable. I mean, definitely exceedingly abundantly mm-hmm. far more than we ever asked or imagined. So, so one of those times where you're like, the Lord went before you because, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, the last couple weeks when we have all had these, in, these inquiries, um, you know, we're looking at each other going, how are we going to help all of them? Like, mm-hmm. oh, and our hearts desperately want to. And so what are we going to do? And, um, God's like, I already went before you. I already knew they were coming and I already placed on people's hearts to give. Like I already went before you and I got chills just Me even too. saying that right yeah, now. Okay, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it, it's so, um, you know, right now um, we're studying Matthew at church and it's just, you know, just truly being about in awe of God and in awe of Jesus. And man, we are, we're in the midst of so much busy in our lives right now. And the kind of, you get overwhelmed with how much busy and how much is going on and um, how much news there is and, and whatnot. Um, we are for sure sitting in awe of him, of the things he is doing um, and the way he is moving and working and the fact that he allows us to be a part of it and allows mm-hmm. us to see it. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes he's already doing it, but we're not seeing it. And right now he is for sure opening our eyes to see it. And we are so, so grateful. And don't you think sometimes when when you do see something like that, that, that you see him just kind of, you know, smiling down kind of laughing almost like, okay, I told you I was going to take care of this. And you silly people are just worrying about (laughs) or worrying about it. And I'm going to provide, I have, like you said, gone ahead of you. Um, and I love everything about what you guys are doing. I obviously with my niece, but I've, I've watched a little bit about, um, just getting to watch you would bring Abby and, uh, Joshua home and, Um, you know, my husband's been doing some work with a foster care ministry here. And I would say exactly 100% the same thing is true in terms of, you know, praying for a need and watching and waiting and seeing God fill whatever that need is. Um, there's a ministry here in McKinney that used to be the guy that runs it used to be the music minister, uh, at one of the churches here and really felt like he was called to do this. And it basically is, their homes for kiddos that age out of the adopt uh, foster care program that were never adopted. And so um, my husband has always been a big painter. Um, and so, yeah, he painted all through college. It was one of his side, three side jobs in college. Um, <laughs> <We need and, laughs> what'd she say? We're actually in need of one. Let me just <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's painted every inch of our house inside and out multiple times. But, um, but he just got to, you know, went on a volunteer day and uh, to help paint at one of the houses and uh, that they had just started this very first house, and then um, just kind of got the bug for and a heart for these girls because one of them was a home for girls, and then they ended up getting another house across the street for girls that were um, aging out of foster care but were pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they just um, somebody just gifted them. It's the third house that somebody's wow. gifted. And they just were gifted a house. And then this is going to be the first house they have for boys. Wow. So um, just watching him kind of fall in love with the process and the, the heart to help these girls. He went over, they had an open house a couple of weeks ago and I was doing something else. And he went over there and was sending us videos and he was sending us videos of this little baby. And I was like, who is that? I don't even know who that is. Right. He goes, it's one of the girls. And she just had had her baby not long ago. And he's like, he's just the cutest thing. And, but just to see God continually answer prayer after prayer, after prayer of, you know, transportation for these kids and, um, housing for these kids and donations for things for the houses for them and jobs and helping them get back on their feet. So, um, different level, different, you know, uh, process, but the same, like you said, um, being a father to the fatherless and stepping in for somebody that just has that need that God has given us 
the ability to be the hands and feet here um, and just kind of step in where somebody has, there's been an absence. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us, tell me a little bit about the Miles for Millions. I saw that it's in a couple of weeks, but tell me about the date and what all happens with that. Uh, so it's October 17th and 18th. Um, super family friendly. So you just go on and donate and that will give us, um, you know, your email and contact information. And so what we're going to do is anytime the 17th and 18th, you walk a mile by yourself or with your family or run if you're, if you're runners. Um, but as you do it, we're going to send a prayer guide. So you can actually talk to your family um, about adoption and pray with your family over these children that uh, really need Jesus and a forever home. And so it's just a cool thing to do, um, as a family, just to get mission minded. Um, and then, um, you can just, like I said, walk anytime you want, and then you take a selfie and post it and tag us. Um, and we're going to um, send out one more tumblers um, to um, people that participate. And it's just a fun way to get families involved, but also to raise awareness and funds um, for people that are adopting. I love it. I love it. So you're tagging you um, with a specific hashtag on Facebook or Instagram or something? Yeah, it's at OM Ministries on Instagram. Okay. One more ministries of face on Facebook. We're the worst in social media, yeah, the both of us. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, was say, I know Jen Drake is not on much, or we're like texting her going, Jen, did you see that on Facebook? No, I know it. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, well, no, one of y'all going to have to, Melissa, I'll give you that. Melissa, you'll have yeah, to email yeah. me the correct links and I'll put it in the show notes. So I'll make sure we put it on there. But but no, we're excited, especially to see just all, I mean, really because anyone can do it. We're super excited to see people all over the Metroplex, you know, in different States. Um, Even we've had some inquiries of people that live in other countries that, you know, um, that are adopting. So even all over the world, right. Just to see um, families get together and to talk about adoption and pray over um, sweet ones that need to be adopted. um, And then to raise funds to get them to Jesus by means of adoption. Also saying one of our other one more babies is, is currently they're there getting him and he should be home soon. Natalie's friend, Arian, right? Aren't they friends with the balls? I believe. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think so. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. That was one of the sweetest y'all. He's so cute. Um, I haven't haven't seen him in a couple of weeks, but I know one of the last times we were over there because they were actually asking Reggie about painting. Um, he was just running all over and he, you know, knows his letters and can say, pretty, he knows pretty much everybody in his family and can say their names. Um, and my daughter got engaged a couple weeks ago. Oh, and, congratulations. Yeah. And he, so he, she came to the engagement party and he had videoed a little, uh, a, a video to congratulate her. And Natalie was like, say congratulations. And we're like, Nat, that's a huge word. And, um, amazing. And then he was like, say, uh, he couldn't, well, he couldn't say it. And so she said something like, well, just say, I like your ring. And he was like, wing, wing. So cute to see how, how far he's come since he's been here. And, um, you know, even with the shelter in place that that bought them because she was just about to have to go back to work, um, with their cocooning, which I never even, is that what it's called? Cocooning? Yeah. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that. I never knew that. Uh, if you follow it. Yeah. 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 Did you guys do that with Abby and Joshua? 
We so cocooning is um, recommended to be six months. I would say we did about two, <laughs> maybe three. Um, and then we just kind of let them lead us, right? So um, we just kind of followed Abby and Joshua's, um, you know, kind of where they were at and what they were doing. But it was it was it was different for us because we had three older children. Sure. Um, so that obviously made everything a lot more complicated, um, both times, um, just because they ha- I had three others in school and in church and in sports and all the things. So, um, ours, our personal family cocooning looked different. Um, but, um, but I love that she had extra time after that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's basically like, you're just, you're pairing with them, um, in terms of really getting to one-on-one, um, spend time with them, not really introduce a lot of new, I mean, that's really pretty much the premise of it. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. So um, the biggest thing is that your child needs to know that your mom and that dad is dad because they've had so many different people in and out of their lives that they have never attached to truly know what a mom or dad is. And so um, like even with Joshua, I had to teach him that I was mom, not Hannah my other daughter, my other daughter, because she was also a mother figure to him. And so, yes, so it's definitely, um, I mean, you're told not to let anyone change their diapers or feed them or rock them, just you and dad. So they truly start bonding and know like you're permanent and you're not going anywhere. And this is who God has given you as your mom and as your dad. And so that's, that's kind of the premise of cocooning. And it makes, I mean, and it, it makes sense. Sure. 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 Um, Okay. Well, I was going to ask a couple other things if you guys don't care. Just before we go, I wanted to know a little bit about what are some things that we can specifically pray for. Obviously, the fundraiser with the Miles for Millions, that's what it's called, right? Miles for Millions. Uh Um, But what are some things that we can specifically pray for you guys about for um, one more? I would say just discernment on mm-hmm. our parts Absolutely. when we do look at these applications, because like Jenna was saying earlier, like we just, we just want to give it all, give it, you know, whatever. And, um, we obviously there's some limitations to that. And we just want to make sure that, um, we're giving what the Lord wants us to give and, mm-hmm. um, and at the right times. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would say that's a big one for us. For sure. For sure. I think the only other prayer is just continued prayer for the bodies of believers, mm-hmm. Um, to know this is a calling, um, on all of our lives. Um, you know, adoption is such a beautiful picture of the gospel because, um, we all need rescuing. Um, and that's what these children need as well. And so the fact that we've all been rescued by Jesus, um, man, we just, we got to love and do the same. And so whether that's through adopting yourself or, um, giving funds to help someone adopt, I just, it, I mean, it, it weighs on our hearts because there are so many because um, the mile for the millions is because there's over 140 million orphans. And obviously, as your husband working with these foster kids, I mean, like they're in just as much need as well. So mm-hmm. just really the body of believers being moved outside of their comfort zone and outside of their own little worlds and just realizing, man, there is a huge need um, for kids that don't have homes, um, and a huge need for these sweet ones to be shown the love of Christ. I can't believe how much I can't believe it. Cause I know your heart, Jen, but I'm just so thankful for the work that you're doing, but the obedience that you have for that tug that you felt the Lord kind of leading you to, Hey, this is something that we should do. Cause it's not, 
you know, it's not a small task to say, like you said, you had three kids, um, biological kids already, and then adopt two. And then I know you had some special medical things with a couple of them. Um, and knowing that that's a huge undertaking, but then to take that a step further and say, but what could, what else can we do? And to be open to, um, step into something. And like you said, get outside of yourself and especially praying for the church to not just see that it's not just about us, that it is something that we all should be looking for. Um, and that is such a huge need. I never really knew how many, um, millions of kids there were, um, domestic or international that just needed, needed homes. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of y'all as your friend, but I'm thankful as your sister in Christ that you just listened to that call, but not only listened to it, did something about it because it's hard to step out and do something. Like you said, you know, sometimes you feel like you don't maybe know what you're doing in certain aspects. I totally get it because this podcast is completely out of my comfort zone and wasn't something that I um, went looking for necessarily. It was something I felt like the Lord laid on my heart a different way a long, long time ago, but it took me years, like probably close to 15 years to do something about what I felt like he was leading me to. So mm-hmm. I'm just thankful for y'all. Um, and I've been praying for what you're doing and for the funding and for the people that God brings your way and the people that apply um, for applications and that just you can reach and help as many families as you can. So um, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you, Lynn. This means a lot. Absolutely. Well, it does. Sure. And we I, love you. Oh, I miss seeing you guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I tried to come up there. Well, I did come up one day to the church to see, um, but of course nobody was there the day. I, well, I guess PCA was there doing something at the very beginning of the, of the year. It might've been their opening. Do y'all look like an opening prayer service or something? Yeah, Maybe, did. maybe uh-huh. that's what it was. Worship kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But everybody was in the worship center. So anyway, well, thanks you guys for being on so much guys. Um, I'm going to leave some information in the show notes. You guys can follow One More Ministries at onemoreministries.org and check out um, the hashtag that you can post once I get it from Melissa. And I'll post <laughs> about it so that you don't miss it. And again, their fundraiser weekend is October 17th and 18th, the Miles for Millions. So thanks again, girls. And y'all, thanks for listening to Drop the Moms podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Happy Wednesday. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Man, God is so faithful in the good and the bad. And what an honor it is for me to get to chat with these women um, and these sweet souls. Uh, Be sure and subscribe to us on iTunes. We would appreciate it if you leave a great review. If you don't want to leave a great review, just skip that part. You can check us out on our website at drivethroughmoms.org for all of our stories and other resources. Until next week, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.